Good to see you, bro. Good to see you too. So welcome to the pilot episode of um, my first podcast. Um, the name is Wisdom is a High. And we've got our first guest here, Tal Keda, who can give you a, a bit of a rundown. Um, maybe just discuss like, you know, our relationship, how we kind of met. Yeah. I think that's a pretty funny story. Um, and yeah, tell me a bit about you and how we kind of got there. Yeah. Um, well, how we met, we met at the basketball court. Yeah, yeah. At Caulfield Park, Park. Um, it was a couple of years ago. I think you guys had just like were finishing up year twelve. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of your boys and I think a few of my How boys. How old Fuck, man. How old are you now? Twenty two. Twenty two. You've been eighteen. We've been twenty three then. That's crazy. And we were like eighteen versus twenty three year olds. Man, we were going there every week. Yeah, every week and. Um, we put on a show. No, we definitely did. We put on a show. Well, you joined the out team. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> you joined the out team. We killed them. We killed them. And we killed like, um, mm. all your boys. And it was just yeah. like, yeah, I think that's where we kicked off. And then, mm. man, I, I'm not too sure I remember how it kept going from there. Like, I we think we just played. saw each other at like events and oh, parties right. and yeah. like this and that. And, like you'd always see Custer in the corner and then you'd be like, right. ah! Yeah, and I met a couple of your other mates. Like yeah. I met like your Charlie, McKinnon boys. And, and everyone else as I well. met your McKinnon boys at All Park playing basketball That's too. Right. And then right. I went to play basketball with them and I saw you yeah. um, and you there too. Like, what the hell are you what doing here? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Um, crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. No, awesome. So um obviously that was like three years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, four years ago, so yeah. you know that's a long time. Um, we've been good friends ever since. Yeah, like, great friends actually ever <laughs> since. I think we've learnt more about each other and ourselves, you know, as this um, friendship developed. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, just like you know, kind of tell us where you're at at the moment. It's pretty exciting. You've been working towards the current gig um, mm. you've got for a long, long, long time. I remember how hard like you worked for it and you kept on pushing. Yeah. So kind of give like a a brief overview of like where you're at. What's happening? Yeah, like, um, firstly, like, before I do say that, it's like, yeah, like, I value our friendship heaps, man. Like, I froth it. Like, I look at you like a little brother, man. Like, I've never had a little brother, and, like, I feel like ever since I met you, like, yeah. I feel like you're my family. And, like, you know, you don't, you don't get that off, off many people, mm. which is, um, yeah, it's really nice, man. No, like, you don't get many people that look at life the same way you do. And no, it's I agree like, with that. Yeah, man, I really value you, man. Um, I appreciate that. As for me, where I'm at, um, yeah, I work at a place called The Man Cave. It's like, it's a preventative mental health organisation. So we work with predominantly young boys, so teenage boys aged 13 to 18. And what we're trying to do is just like fight the male stereotype, man. The male stereotype of like keeping things in and like being stoic and. Mm. So give us a rundown a little bit of like the male stereotype, like in that not yeah. so clinical, but like that therapeutic conversation. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. men don't talk about their emotions. Men don't really show love to one another. Mm. Men um, don't show any form of like vulnerability or because if they do then like if i show my emotions then i'm weak mm. if i um if i don't provide for my family then i'm not good enough um yeah. all these like really i guess past traditions have been passed on to us by the patriarchy mm. and yeah we've been taught to live this way like you know no like if you let me ask you this like you know has your has your dad ever told you like don't cry not specifically, yeah. but it's more so like in action. Like I've never seen him cry. Okay. Does that make sense? Or have you ever been emotional in front of your dad? I have. I have personally been emotional in front of my dad. I think I saw him emotional in that state as well. Yeah. But he doesn't give too much information. So you notice the small things and that tells you the whole story. Yeah. That's kind of the person that he is. And like he's um, your role model, yeah? I'd say he's my... Role model's an interesting one for me because I feel like with role models, you're looking at somebody's excellence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, for example, someone like Mike Tyson, who people would see as like a yeah. role model, or Michael Jordan, for example, they see like the excellence that he's done in his sport or in his craft. You know what mm. I mean? It's like being awesome at basketball and boxing and just absolutely ripping it apart. Yeah. But to be that great... There's there's compromise, there's cutoffs. You know what I mean? Like yeah, usually these people have like a lot of issues, like gambling, sex, drugs. Yeah. You know, 
um, they don't necessarily have the most healthy relationship with a lot of people around them. So like role models is more so like I like to look at people and see the aspects of their life that I enjoy and mm. relate to and take that and put that in my basket kind of thing. But acknowledge their negative qualities as well and, you know, relate to the fact that you don't resonate with that. Yeah, but would you not say that you look up to your dad? I do. Or you I definitely do. I definitely do look up but to that, my dad. To me, that's a role model. Yeah. And, like, I, I like what you said of, like, you know, he might not have said anything, but the way he showed it, he never really showed his emotional side. He's never yeah. really shown you you himself when he's broken down. Mm. Um, and that's the male stereotype, man. Yeah. Like, even... Even me in high school, man. Like mm. I never, I never showed my emotional side to my mates. All I, all I was, was like the funny dude, mm. and like all I cared about was that my mates see me as that funny dude. Mm. If they mm. see my emotional sensitive side, because I'm sensitive as fuck. No, yeah. But it's I swear, but, but, yeah, 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 it's clean. <laughs> you can do it. Um, yeah, like if I did that, then my mates don't see me in the way that I'd like them to. Mm. Um, and do you think that that really took a hold? you know, of you, like your personality, your character, like looking back at that age tile, yeah. your, that mentality tile, like what do you necessarily see now with that introspect like compared to where you are today? Oh, now I think I'm just like, I don't care. Mm. Um, it's taken me a while mm. to, to get there, but I think back in high school, I was very much up. Oh, I care about is what other people think mm. so like more um, specifically like let's say like something in high school that you really like it really mattered to you in high school but now it's just like whatever i think everything everything yeah, yeah absolutely so, everything no like, i agree i agree but if um, there's anything like focal for you or like um like man like i, I used to be sh- i used to be terrified about like speaking about my anxiety but like really about anxiety i used to be terrified of speaking about that because like if I spoke about that when I was younger, it'd be like, oh, I'm broken, like I'm mentally ill. Um, there's something really wrong with me. Yeah. Um, and I never did, so I kept it hidden. And like, yeah. to be honest with you, like, I only started speaking about it when I was like 21, 22. And the only way I had the courage to speak about it was when my mates did. Mm. And if one of my mates was like, oh, hey, I'm struggling with this, like with anxiety, I'm struggling with this. Um, or like, you know, my parents broken up, I'm really struggling. Mm that's the only time I'd feel like safe enough to share what I've been through. If you've um, seen it or felt like received it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is quite a common thing. Like a yeah. lot of people kind of, they're not willing to necessarily open up, but if you open up first and it's authentic and genuine, they tend to kind of reciprocate with that. Yeah, man. I have like a, a psychologist at my gym. Mm. Uh, I speak to quite a bit and he says it. It's like when someone opens up to you, like they're gifting you their trust. Mm. Like it's a gift. And you like, like you owe exactly, and like you almost feel like you owe them something back, mm. and like especially if you've been through something similar. Yeah, and it's like it's just like what I said. It's like you know, like I I had that thought of like oh, I have anxiety, therefore I'm broken, therefore I'm mentally ill. Mm. When my mate comes to me and goes, hey man, I have anxiety too. I feel normal. Mm. I feel like I'm not alone in my struggle, mm. and then all I want to do is share. Mm. All I want to do is talk about it because like. It's like liberating. Yeah, of course. It's like, yeah, and like pretty much, man. That's that's like what I do. Mm. Um, I could go to schools all around Victoria mm. um, as a facilitator. So I have like 30, 40 boys in a workshop, and pretty much we get them to open up and fight those those stereotypes because mm. like these stereotypes aren't aren't helping us, man. They're yeah. actually impacting us quite negatively. No, I agree. Um, I just a thought as well, kind of like what you were saying in like the question in regards to my dad was yeah i think also with like the old school kind of mentality and the way like they go about life yeah i kind of saw it as well was he didn't want the family dynamic to be uneasy so Mm. like if you saw like for example like panic is contagious so he was panicking and you know you felt like you could see that the boat was rocky for example for him yeah that might in in turn like make the rest of the family like really shaky and rocky as well so you're saying that went through his head i think that old school mentality of like not showing weakness is also because like for example especially like you know my younger years was like my dad like i didn't understand the concept of what it took to support a family and to you know make a house work and a business and blah blah blah, and cop knocks that day-to-day life gives you and you know i he said to me once his whole goal as a parent was a to always make sure that his children have left 
at like or end at a at a, a place that's further than when he finished. Yeah, that makes sense. So he wants to make sure like his kids are always pushing forward. And secondly, he also felt like at home bringing them up, like he didn't want the kids or the family to feel the pressure. Yeah, financially, in a sense. Yeah. So like kind of like being the anchor. You know what I mean? For sure. And. I don't know. I think that's a really interesting concept. I think you can show strength though in opening up and vulnerability. Um, I mean, do you think you can do both? Yes, I think you can do both. Yeah. I think you can do it, you know, the like authentically, like genuinely, and also like you can't. I know this is gonna sound a bit bad, but you can't be too soft either. Do you yeah, know I, I mean? agree with you. Like life's hard, and no, like you shouldn't be asking for handouts. Like you, you've, you know. You've got a, a question for you. For example, like you were saying, it's easy for you to be vulnerable when your friends share it. Mm. So throughout high school, were you someone that people came to or were you someone that you went to people? Uh, in high school, I wouldn't say people really came to me. I don't think I was like much of a pleasant person to be around in high school. You reckon? Yeah, I wasn't much. I'm very different now to what I was like in high That's, school. I can't imagine you not being like so fruitful and like awesome. And, like like I, was, I had lots of banter, man, but like, yeah. I think I used to cut a lot of people down. Really? Um, like, Why? The way, like, I, I think the that's, way you spoke to them? I think that's the culture I was around, man. Like, the culture I was around was that all we did was cut each other down. I saw other people cutting each other down and like, you know, the funnier you were, the, the, like, the more you cut someone else down, like, the more powerful you were. Mm. And I read that as, okay, if I do this, you know, maybe people will like me. Yeah. And, like, more so, I was so, uh, not was, I am so sensitive mm. that by me taking the piss out of you, I saw that as you being less likely to take the piss out of me. Mm. Um, so I think it was like a defense mechanism. Yeah, I think it was like a defense mechanism. So I think not it's many people chest. felt safe around me. Like mm. it took me having like my own like breakdown for me to like stop caring about what other people think. But yeah, um, yeah I wouldn't say too many people came to me um, mm. with their problems. So only after high school did because I think after high school I started becoming me man I think I start becoming being authentic and like when you do that like you actually start being real and mm. sometimes vulnerable and like mm. yeah like sometimes I'll be vulnerable without even knowing just because I'm being me mm. and I think when you do that it as you said it's infectious mm. um, just like panic is mm. and it causes other people to open up mm. um, 100% yeah. and I feel like there's like a bit of like a clarity of mind there do you know what I mean like if you uh, subconsciously and consciously engaging in activities and thoughts and lifestyle that's authentic to you and genuine to you you'll by default like yeah, over man. time start doing it automatically and being like you know like, sometimes I've questioned how open I am because sometimes I tell people things that like maybe they shouldn't necessarily know okay <laughs> do you know what I mean like is there a level of trust you need to have with someone to be open or is it like if you're really open as a person, like it doesn't it matter if we've just met, if I've known you for ten years, yeah. I can tell you my darkest secrets. I think I think there's like that's like something that I because I want to be all loving and be authentic and genuine and actually trust everyone. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't be too naive. Well, I think there's two. I think people get openness and vulnerability confused. Mm. Like, I think I'm very open. Like the way I see you, I think you're very open too. Mm. But like no one's good at vulnerability mm. like if you're good at vulnerability that means you're open like yeah. the whole point of vulnerability is that it's hard to do it mm. and vulnerability is different for everyone man like awesome. it's different you know for one person it might be like walking into coals and like talking to um the cashier, the, the cashier. yeah uh for another person he might be going on a date for another person, it might be a, f a fucking like spider, you know. Mm, like mm, vulnerability mm. comes in different forms. The only thing vulnerability means that it's it's hard for you to do, mm. and you feel like exposed when you do it. I think yeah, interesting. And like not, and if you're good at that, yeah, that means it's not vulnerable. That means you're open. So like I think it's normal to be open. It's good to be open because if you're like open and like you open with someone you meet at the bus stop, yeah cool like clearly like you trust that person enough like if if it was to like mis mishandle that you'd be okay yeah with vulnerability i think it takes a lot more trust yeah interesting it's a lot more investment it's yeah. two different things yeah no that's really interesting putting it like in two separate in two separate uh, it's that's my that's my like perspective okay like i think like i i'm vulnerable in, in lots of areas yeah but, like 
I struggle with those areas. I'm yeah. also open about many areas that some people might view as being vulnerable, but to me, it's unvulnerable. Okay. Because I'm so not, I don't subjective? feel exposed. Like right now, I used to, like, for instance, like when I was in high school, yeah, you being vulnerable would be talking about my anxiety, being, yeah. uh, like, you know, talking about my struggles, talking about crying like, mm. um, when I come home from school or whatever mm. it might be. Mm. Um, right now, it's not vulnerable, I do it every day. Mm. I talk about it at schools every day. I talk mm. about it with my mates. I was with you for dinner that day. That's what we have to spoke about. Yeah. And was that openness or vulnerability? To me, that's openness, because it's not... I think I'm it was not... one part of the conversation that was maybe a bit vulnerable, like when we spoke about dating and stuff. Is, um, would you consider that vulnerable, or would you consider that still open? No, I wouldn't consider that vulnerable. Okay. Uh, to me, that's open. Sweet. Like, I speak about it with like, a lot of people. Like, yeah. I'll speak about it with like, a guy at a bus stop. Like, yeah. I'm pretty open about where I'm at, like romantically. Yeah, cool. Um, so let me let's throw something out. Like, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. Right? What's like a theme? We don't have to obviously go into it. Like, yeah. let's say right now, like something you're vulnerable about. Like, what's like that one thing that you would um, be like if you're open about all these things? So when I say the word vulnerable, like what? Yeah. What is it for you? Uh, uh, <laughs> See, that requires me to get vulnerable now, but I'm, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to do it. I mean, you have to go into it. I mean, yeah. is it like intimate relationship? Yeah. Well, yeah. Family? No, you bang on. Intimate intimacy for me is like really vulnerable. Like I feel, you know, if if I am intimate, then like I feel really exposed, like physically, emotionally, spiritually. I think I'm very much exactly the like same. I get so like I get quite I get panicky same. and just like I get like bad performance anxiety, and mm. um, yeah, I, I get really bad performance nervous. anxiety like in the bedroom, so to speak. Yeah. That's always been fine. Like, when yeah. it's me one-on-one with the girl, I, it's always so good. Yeah. But I feel like when I'm with a girl that I might like, or, you know, there's, like, something in the air kind of vibes, I think that's when I start to panic. Like, when there's feelings. Not, that, not necessarily there's feelings. Even just, like, meeting the person for the first time at a bar okay. or whatever. But it's more so, like, I'm around people that might think... I don't know. It's I, To me, it's really stupid, because, like, I get on stages and say, do stupid shit, and, like, yeah. it's not that big of a deal for me. I'm quite yeah. open with that. But like when it comes to like being intimate with a girl in public these days, like unless we're friends and just like flirting, yeah. do you know what I mean? To actually like put myself out there. I think like, I- What are you scared of? I don't know. That's that's the part that I'm trying to- I'm, I'm not scared of rejection. Are you scared of judgment by others? Like if, I, if I'm with this girl, like I want to come back to my mates and my mates are going to say X, Y, Z. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with like, I don't really mind what other people say in terms of the girl. Like, if I think she's a good girl, then I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's more, honestly, bro, like a trust thing. I think, like, I've had a few girls in my lifetime that, like, I saw them as, like, so good. Yeah. And so awesome and so amazing. Maybe I said, you know, the perception too high, but, you know, and then a few of them just did not end as pleasantly as you So you got her. Yeah, I got hurt a few times, and so it, it's an issue about trust. So like, well, I, is it trust or is it a fear of getting hurt? I think it's I think it's both because I think it's like I've trusted people that have then hurt and hurt me. So it's like yeah. I meet this girl and I'm like I go through the same process. I'm like she's great, she's awesome, blah yeah. blah blah. But then she's gonna hurt or, me eventually. Yeah, and like, and that's something hard to get around because it's like unless so to me like your vulnerability is like actually surrendering yourself to someone. Yes, to to find like surrendering yourself, like actually like staying statement, like showing, hey, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, Mm. showing me all the parts that is no all, as opposed to being like, oh no, I'm not gonna do that. This person is gonna hurt me, and just Mm. like going real slow and Mm. I think potentially running. Yeah, I think once she's my girlfriend, I'm open season. Like I think I can really. Yeah, but like, how long does it take? take you f- to realize yeah i want this girl to be my girlfriend because all before that all those questions that you just said pop up is this girl gonna hurt me like can i do this like yeah you know that's like until that girl is your girlfriend that would it's quite a lengthy process that's what i'm saying um but yeah i feel that like yeah for me it's more for me it's more physically like i i'd say like yeah like in the bedroom I th- i've just had some like negative experience in the past and it's just like carried on um do you feel like it's gonna happen again when you go in oh, all the time <laughs> um, yeah, like, you know this this is gonna go bad this is gonna go haywire and yeah. just like 
And then like I haven't been I've like I've struggled to stay present for like you know, a few years. And like that didn't used to be the case. Um, present like intimately. Yeah. Um, and that's the space I'm vulnerable. Um, Do you find also, like there's also many spaces like you know for me if I was to get up on the stage and sing like that's a vulnerable space for yeah, me. Yeah. I wouldn't be. I, I'd feel exposed doing that. Yeah. Um, what else? In terms of yeah, like performing anything performing wise or anything that's got to do with like, acting or anything like that. I just fuck. Nah, this isn't me. Mm. Which is probably ties into my version of my male stereotype. Is like, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm afraid of judgment. I'm afraid of, like, not being good enough. Mm. Um, yeah, which I'm sure a lot of people go through. Mm. I think, like, not being good enough is, like, a male and female thing. I think that's probably the deepest root behind it. Like, you know, not being good enough is the deepest root, but there's, like, other fears above On it. Top of, of like, you yeah. know, I'm afraid of judgment. I'm afraid of... Mm. But um, if, you, if you're good enough, you, the judgment doesn't matter. You know what I mean? The, the speculation doesn't matter. What do you extent. mean? What well, do like, you mean for, for, like, for, if you feel like you're good enough, like, if you're like, I'm the shit, like, you know, mm. with my flaws, with everything I am present today, as it is, yeah. I'm happy with it. And there's nothing wrong with it. And, like, it's fine. And I'm a bit rounder on one side and this and this on that side, but that's what makes me so unique is because you can't find anything like that anywhere else. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then the idea of being good enough is, well, there's nobody else that's as good as you, for you, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but you got to believe that. Like, that's that's you know, a self-belief. If you, seek that, if you seek that external validation, it's like, like it's never going to come. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, there's something paradoxical about it of like, I think we all, we all chase like that external validation of like, you know, I want to go perform and like be a rapper, so like, you know, people, people around me, like, like mate, like, you know, you're amazing. Mm. You know, that feels, how good does that feel when people go, hey man, that was a sick, that was a sick show, like, mm. you know, does it feel nice people after honestly, a good show, like. Honestly, I love, I, I, I do love all that, but that doesn't like get me. Like, mm. what gets me is like when people are like, yo, when you said that one thing, that hit. Yeah. When people say like, they listen to my lyrics, for like for me, yeah. my lyrics is everything. Like, yeah. I, like, the whole thing for me is like that. So yeah. when people are like, yo, I heard that part and this made me resonate about this and made me feel better about whatever, mm. you know. But here's the paradox. Yeah. The paradox is if you're writing for other people yeah. to get your lyrics, yeah. it'll never work. Of course. At least I think. No, that's exactly If you write, right. but the paradox is I write if you're writing. anyway, but like. Yeah, so, but the paradox is that like if you're writing for yourself, and like, oh, this is a fire lyric. Like, I feel this when I write this. I feel this. Like, I feel this in my heart. I feel this in my core. Yeah. Then the paradox is, more than likely, you're gonna get that external validation. I agree. Cause like, it's real. It's authentic. And people crave authenticity. They but crave realness. Exactly. And vice versa, man. People have great bullshit detectors. So if yeah. you're writing for other people, man, people pick it up like that. That's why so many people go, oh, Eminem sold out. 50 sold out because to be honest yeah they did they've started writing for other people mm. but if you're writing for yourself and it's with anything it's not even just with rap you know it can be with books or mm. with, like, whatever it might be if you're authentic mm. that's like, that's where you get the external validation it's crazy but the internal validation is going to come first because without same, the internal validation yeah. you can't then be authentic because you don't love and want to do what you're doing yeah. Does that make sense? So if you have like the internal, like for me, it was like, I knew that I was, I'm not the best rapper or whatever. I knew I wasn't the best, but I knew that I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was the internal love for me. It was just like, it's just as simple as that. Like, yeah. Just don't think further. Just keep it, you know. For sure. Yeah. And I kind of followed that. And then seeing the, you know, outcomes of me putting myself out there and being authentic and being vulnerable. Yeah, that, and that should be and the byproduct. And that, that is, be, exactly. And then that, that made me realise you don't have to be fake. Just like, don't sit there and think about all these ideas to sell people. Yeah. Just sit there and think about ideas to sell yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, man. And I think that ties into absolutely every facet of life, man. Like, you know, to come full circle, like that's what happened to me in high school. I think like, I was so focused on external validation, external validation mm. movement, eventually like I just broke down. Mm. And like, I wasn't getting that external validation. I was like, F- I'm gonna fuck this. Like, I'm over this. Mm. I'm like, if I'm not gonna like get external validation mm. in like pursuing what I think others want, I'm just gonna do what I want. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna do what I do. Mm. 
and I started liking myself because when I'm when I started doing what I want to do, I actually started feeling this self pride mm. and like self like worth. Mm. And when that happened, I think I think people started to like me more because like I'm just being me, man. Mm. Like I'm just being me, and I think we're all just trying to be ourselves. And when you see someone else be themselves, like I think it kind of allows you to maybe I can do that too. Mm. Like, you know, mm. Coach Carter, man. You've yeah. seen Coach no, no, Carter. For real, it's for like, real, for real. You know, when you let your light shine, you subconsciously give others the permission to let their light shine. Exactly. And yeah, it's just like, a, it's all a massive paradox. I think this whole world I is I think a whole life of, is a paradox. Yeah, I think like this whole world is full of paradoxes. 100%. Like, yeah, for yeah. example, I was just going to say, like what you said is like, you, you have to get lost. You know, you have to break down, for example, sorry. Yeah. So, like, my idea is, like, in this world, or, like, a thought, sorry, not my idea, but a thought is, uh, like, you know, paradox. Ask, like, Yadi and a couple other people. Like, I yeah. talk about how this world is a paradox, like, as a definite. You how, need, what do you mean this world is a paradox? Like, like that's, a big, very, that's a big saying. Like. It's, like, ve- it's very binary. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's either good or bad. And without the good, you don't understand what bad is. Without the bad, you what do you mean it's good, good or bad? Is is the world good or bad, or is our perception the energy, the energy that's like trans, like the transaction of energy in this world is either good or evil? It's what? not. It's, Why do you say that? Because you need up without down. You need you know what I mean. Black with white. You need like you need good and bad. You need positive and negative. Or maybe that's the way that you've been taught, like. Maybe I, it's that's not more all. from experience. That's more from experience. Because for me, the way I see it is like... Have you not had an interaction in your life that was both good and bad? Of course. So what? that's not binary. It's, it's, it's not binary, but what the original source of everything is either good or evil, in my opinion. That's what you've been taught. Not necessarily. That, that's what I, I genuinely think. There's, um, I think, I think there's a been, psychologist. I forgot who it is. Yeah. My big Carl Jung, I can't remember who it is, but yeah. like, he says like, you know, yeah, you say good and evil. He says, you know, Hitler is in all of us. There's a part of Hitler yeah. in all of us, That's you know, that I think there's evil in all of us. Like, of you course. Know, who knows? But without you... that, you can't have the other. Does that make sense? Without Hitler, for example, yeah. you couldn't have Gandhi. Or, you know what I mean? Think about like Why? The, the opposite spectrum. Because... This is Kabbalah, by the way. What I'm yeah. saying, like the ideas that I'm saying now, is more yeah. Kabbalistic. But it's yeah. like the idea is, is you need to see or recognize your potential evil to also be able to recognize your potential good. Yeah. So like in its maximum. For sure. You need, to, you need to be like, I have the capability of like killing someone. Like if it came to it, I was evil and, yeah. and, and filled with rage and misdirected my consciousness and was negative all the time. I could pull the trigger if I was, let's say, drunk and somebody bumped me or whatever, 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 to get aggravated to the point that that intention comes through. And, yeah. you know, the evil kind of takes over. And it's the same, like, kind of... Yeah, but like, that's so subjective. Like, what if you lived in a society where killing people was considered good? Like, you know, and then... Like, culturally? Yeah, like, culturally. Yeah, um, but there are there are societies that that, that it's like that. Yeah, I, I'm just speaking hypothetically. Yeah, like you know, if that's cons- it's already in you. Like, this I don't think there's like a, it is already in you. I think, but you need to have both inside you. Is what I'm so that's not binary. But I don't believe that's binary. I see it. I see that as binary because it's it's two elements that are required to make. But there's not piece. just two elements. I think there's multiple elements. Of like course, you've got like good, evil, um, envious. But would you um, say the root of ambitious is like? I think what I'm saying is it's perception. It's, it's all subjective. It's I think subjective like, to you, though. Do you know what I mean? And I, I actually don't think there's like a necessary answer. Like I think I us, agree. especially as humans, like we always look for like, as you said, the black and the white. And like yeah. I think everything is a, a bit fucking grey. Yeah. No, I and agree. Like, there's a really good song called um, dude, it's Gang of Youths covered it, and Joni Mitchell created it. It's uh, it's called Both Sides Now. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful song. The lyrics are incredible. Yeah, yeah, the lyrics yeah. are incredible, man. It's just like she talks about clouds and how like she looked at clouds when she was younger, and then uh, how she looks at cloud now, and then mm. talks about love, and then talks about life, and mm. so talking about how like you look at one thing this way, and then you look at another thing another way, and like it turns out like mm. we just don't know. Yeah, of course. You know what? What's right? Like, who of knows? Course. And it's like maybe both of them. Are, and the reality is probably both. Right. I'm right. We're both right. And mm. I think, again, I think that's where the world is at now. So you, you got like cancel culture and like all of that. Where it's like 
my opinion's right and only my opinion's right. And I think yeah. that's hurting us, man. I think that's hurting mm. us heaps because then if you're not listening to both arguments, because realistically, both arguments About would have would have some validity yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And if you don't get both sides of the argument, then, you know man, we actually don't get any truth. Yeah. So, Yeah. I don't know, I'm passionate about that. That's awesome. That's <laughs> and awesome. I hate cancel culture. Yeah, I think <laughs> cancel culture is really a, an unproductive way to deal mm-hmm. with things that you don't like. On social media, it's easy to ban and block people. Mm. In real life, if that person's in your life, you can't ban and block them. Yeah. Do you know? Sure. Like, so... Um, Some people do. Some people do. Um, but, yeah, it's probably not an effective way to live your life. Yeah. But like, I'm interested because you said, like, you know, you can't... Like earlier in the discussion, you said like mm. you can't like I guess prog- I'm sorry if I'm paraphrasing. No, no, wrong, yeah, but like, you can't like progress in life or get better without like tough times. Um, yeah, yeah. So I did touch on that a little. Yeah, bit. like what's been like a tough time for you that's like helped you get better? Um, honestly, I don't think of one thing specifically. Yeah. I mean, there's a few like big battles I would say that I've won or lost which have made the difference and the yeah. impact um, but I think the whole occurrence to be honest of just like doubting yourself and then going through it and then coming out on the other side and like people I think people take that for credit like people don't realise like you can go through a brick fucking wall in mm-hmm. life and you'll come across on the other side you might look different your face might be a bit fucked up or whatever yeah. but you, you're still like, you don't stop there. You still make yeah. it to the other side. So, you know, actualizing that thought and, you know, putting it into practice has really built a lot of resilience, I would say. Because it's like, well, I went through that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you know... Well, what, what's what, that something that helps for, you build re- resilience? Yeah. What's something that helps me build resilience? No, like, what's been a time that's really past that's helped you, like, build resilience? Ah, uh, dude, I mean... More specifically, there's been some recent times, but I feel like this will be out a bit too close for this <laughs> to not be heated. Well, but I can give you. something. I can give something a bit further back. Um, but like, it just goes to show in life, there's always shit. Yeah, yeah I understand, man. Going on and coming at you in a sense. Um, but cyclical. Yeah, but honestly, to to be honest, I'd more so say like um, maybe you know to start with my relationship with my dad. I think that was something from a young age that really you know turned things yeah. around for me. Um, I definitely felt like, you know, um, the upbringing I had wasn't necessarily the fairy tale upbringing. It's yeah. not really an upbringing that I know any of my other friends to have gone through something similar. Okay. So, um, you know, kind of like that. And, and basically, long story short, I was like 16 years old and I kind of like faced it all and I kind of just said look like the dynamics the way that kind of things are running around the house the culture blah 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 I don't like it at all um, and it needs a change I said that to my dad okay. and that was like a direct conversation that we had yeah. and it was really emotional and I think that was the one time that I maybe saw the small signs that, like it actually got to him that it like emotionally you know, what did you see in I just think I just saw like the compassion you know, not maybe not the sympathy, but even empathy. Because, yeah. you know, I'm sure he had a pretty crazy relationship with his dad as well. And I know that. And, you know, that's also part of the reason why I see him with a bit more of a fuller picture. It's because I, sure. I, I questioned his relationship with his dad. And it makes more sense yeah. a bit later on. Especially growing up, maturing, you realize how crazy this world is. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't excuse anything at all. But that's just how life is. Um, and the positive of that whole situation was I spoke to him, sat down. And then from then on, it was different. And that was like probably the biggest thing for me being 15, 16, you know, to kind of rearrange how yeah. the house works in a sense, which isn't really my place. Um, and what was different about it, about your relationship with your dad after that chat? We were friends. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. human to human conversation. It wasn't like provider child, yeah. you know what I mean? Or like disciplinary like school yeah. or like yeah I mean it, it was it was very different so like release the pressure from your relationship well yeah like I yeah, yeah we okay. used to not talk we used to not be open we used to not speak at all like I didn't really speak to my dad till I was about 16 yeah okay like until that conversation happened we didn't really have much of a relationship and like did your mates know that at the time I think some friends would have picked up signs but I was pretty good at keeping that private again that's not something I speak about 
Like yeah. at that time, now I'm more open to speak about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I've gone through it and I've kind of worked out with my parents and now my relationship with them is awesome. Awesome. Um, but in terms of like back then, it was more so none of my friends were going through the same thing because I would go over to their places. My parents were working all the time when yeah. I was younger. So, you know, in pivotal years from like, let's say eight to like 14, 15, I was home alone all the time. Yeah. So my parents wow. were working 24 seven. So like I'd walk to footy training and then Az's mum would like pick me up as I was walking out, like, you know, and like yeah. driving up at home and like I'd cook and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So all of that, you know, I built up a lot of anger and aggression as a child as well. Okay. You know what I mean? I hated the world and I was this really angry small kid with this short fuse. And like how did that come out in the world? Not great. I used to get into fights a lot. I, okay. you know, did a lot of adolescent stupid things. Yeah. That were unnecessary risks, but just to feel the adrenaline, just to feel alive in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was an interesting upbringing. It was an interesting interesting childhood. Um, like for example, like my auntie breastfed me. My mom did breastfeed. Me. Wow, yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah. So my auntie pretty much raised. She breastfed you. Yeah, my mom That's was sick. That's Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So me and Chanel, who's my cousin, same same She's age. your sister. We were like this. <laughs> yeah, nipple by nipple. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. you know, I was like raised by my grandmother and Fab, but mainly. Fab's my auntie. Okay. Um, that breastfed me. And um, yeah, it was crazy growing up with four girls. I think that's why I'm a bit more emotionally sensitive as well and like emotionally in touch. Yeah, I feel that I were two sisters as well. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think it definitely makes me more sensitive. Because again, I think it's that permission piece. Like, I've seen the women in my life like pretty freely like express their emotions so like, mm. that's given me permission to do the same yeah also um, it's like it's like if you don't know how to deal with someone or a type of person for example like you know like if you don't have practice like like boys that are like growing up with like yeah. three brothers and you know hardly spend a lot of time with women like yeah. at all don't have a lot of feminine energy going around yeah. they're like like for them they probably struggle to like relate and struggle, yeah. probably struggle to like see eye to eye you know, with other, with women in yeah. general, you know what I mean? Cause it's probably more comfortable for them and you know, their demeanor and everything with other boys. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's, it's, in your, it's in your nurture for sure. But oh, like, for guess, sure. Have you ever met, like since you've had that chat with your dad, have you ever met someone down the line, like, you know, since that chat, that's also had like some family troubles of their own? I mean, everyone's got family troubles. Everyone's got family troubles. But you just said that none of your mates were going through no, no, the extremity of what I was going through, none of my friends were going through. Yeah. Um, as life's gone on, yeah, I've met people um, who honestly have worse situations than me. Yeah. Um, and better. So I'm very grateful um, for mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, as weird as that sounds, I am grateful because I wouldn't be where I am today. And I don't think I'd have the depth of, you know, I'd say emotional capacity. If for I, sure. You know what I mean? If I didn't see, like, the real world from such a young age. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, like for example, like this, this came to my mind the other day or like two weeks ago I was working and I wrote it down. It's like a little quote or like idea concept. It's like only the man who's felt like the deepest pain of the world can understand why another person's eyes glitter. That's powerful. So powerful. That kind of, you know, and that idea made me more comfortable with trauma and more comfortable with yeah. adversity and more comfortable with all of that because it's like, it's just, it's exactly, you're just understanding the world better. I'm not saying go through trauma and blah, yeah, blah, blah, like, blah. Look, it's, it's a, I but, think it's a choice. Like, mm. you know, you can get through it and like mm. want, want to make the world a better place yeah. or, or you don't. Sometimes yeah. it's like debilitating and like people don't don't want to come out of that or don't want to face it yeah of course um like you know you at 16 you had to face that like quite literally face to face um but some people don't want to face it some people it's it's too painful so it's like a choice like yeah but the thing is if you think about like a lot of people in your life as well like when they have that choice yeah ask like older people like ask someone who you know's done it and then ask someone who you know who hasn't done it and nine times out of ten, the person who said he did do it feels a lot better about their life. And the person who did it, like, kind of shied away from the conflict yeah. and the confrontation. I feel like there's more pain or, you know, this pain either way you go, but I feel like there's more pain internalized and pressure and, like, 
you know, the ripple effect of not confronting as opposed to the ripple effect of confronting, I think is really crucial. Yeah, and I think it comes in many ways. Like, yeah, if you're talking about with another person, like, it's always better, um, like, to confront. I guess confront's a, like a strong word, but like to communicate like openly with them. But sometimes, man, the conflict's within. Sometimes the conflict's not with another person. It's actually with yourself. Mm. And... So for like for example, uh, like is there any yeah, there's lots of things that you could give as an example, like for yourself. Like for something. me yeah. personally, I get like my battle with anxiety is like that's like something that's like I've had my whole life, like ever since I was tiny. Like I've always been like super anxious, but like me for the longest time, I was trying to confront it. I was trying to fight it. I'm trying to like make it stop mm. and that was like the worst thing that I could do because like that resistance gave, gives anxiety power. Mm. And like my superpower was actually not to like confront it, but to actually like, like love it, man. Like to actually like let it be there and like not mm. push it away. But mm. like, mm. yeah, like you're welcome. Like I, I acknowledge that, that anxiety is there yeah. and just like actually like come to it with love yeah. and come to it with like an equanimity of like you can be here and, and that's cool. And the only time I really got better is when that happened. And it's like, for me, I was so scared for like the longest time. It was like, yeah. oh, if I let this be here, I'm giving up. Mm. Like I'm giving up, man. Like I'm not, I'm not willing to it's give up. Control. Again, it's another male stereotype. It's like, yeah. we don't give up. Yeah. And apparently like, again, in like psychology, psychological stuff, like findings, it's like the masculine identity. It's like, we always need to find a solution. We always need to find a solution. It's like, if we don't, then then why are we giving up? Mm. And for me, it's like, yeah, I need to find a solution to this anxiety and find a solution no. to this anxiety. And here's another paradox for you. It's mm. like, the solution to anxiety was to actually not find a solution. Yeah. And actually just let it be there. And when yeah. I stopped trying to get rid of it, yeah, that's when you went away. Yeah. No, it's crazy. So, but yeah. doesn't that, that's what I mean by like, confronting, is like, sitting. Like, even like, with like a person, maybe the word confronting yeah. is more like, yeah, confronting is like a big, it's a big, big word. word, it's quite big, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, it is aggressive. But like, for example, like exactly what you're saying, that's what for me in my eyes, like me about like confronting your anxiety. So like, rather than just leaving the party or just kind of, yeah. you know, getting more drunk or, or do whatever, but like to actually sit with it yeah, is, that's confronting. is confronting. Yeah, that is confronting. I mean, do you know so what I mean? Yeah. So like, that's a perfect example of like outside of a person to person relationship that I see. They're like, because I get, I get anxiety as well. I get, I get bad social anxiety. Oh, well. really? Yeah. I, I didn't see that in you. I, I didn't. I think I'm the second person I think I've ever told as well. Oh, what? Are you saying anything? I'm kind of cool with it because it's something I'm working on. And also I've realized, you know, when I say that to people, like I don't think people have that kind of persona of me. Like they wouldn't, you wouldn't, I don't know if I'm saying arrogant or whatever, but like I just don't think of my friends or other people who look at me and like be like, he's got like that social anxiety. Mate, you come off super confident. Yeah. And like, especially in a group setting. So I think that's very fair to say, like you wouldn't come off come across as like someone who's socially anxious yeah, at all. Yeah, I think I do. And I, I, I think, you know, only like when I really sat with it and kind of just like let it be, you know what I mean? And like really just sit with it and be like, it's okay. Like literally the words that you use, like it's okay to be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with the state that you're in. It's, yeah. it's different to normal, but it's not bad. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of how you... For sure. In a sense. Yeah, well, I think a lot, of, a lot of pain is just resistance and like... Mm. You know, if you're resisting it, that's a lot of that crappy feelings coming from. You just need to receive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and look, it's easy for us to say, Same. but yeah. it's really It's not hard going to battle do. for us. I yeah, mean, yeah. You, and it, I, and I, sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't either. It's yeah. like, but that's all part of But yeah, of I, I didn't know that you were like, yeah, you felt like socially anxious sometimes. Like that's. I think it's just... What, like, what, where does that anxiety come from? I think it's just random. It's just random. I didn't, what sort I of scenarios does it like pop, pop back? I don't even know. Like when I'm, I think it's like when I'm out in like big numbers, even like when I'm out with people in big numbers. But for some reason, I feel like I don't know. I don't think I'm necessarily concerned by what other people are like judging me about. Mm. But I just think it's like I just feel exposed. Like I just feel out there, or like I feel like I am being watched, or something like that. What do you, do you, know, mean, do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's like interesting. Like sometimes, what I'm, are you exposing? Like, what do you feel like when you're in a big group of people? Like, what do you feel like you are exposing? What part of yourself? 
Are you exposing? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people can see through me. And like, like if I they saw through. through you, what would they say? I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's like a negative thing that they would see through me, but it's just like, sometimes it's kind of like, I'm just there. Do you know what I mean? Not necessarily through, see through me that they see everything, but it's like, I don't know. This is obviously something I'm still conceptualizing. But like, I, for, like, for me, I, I'm just trying to understand the fear. Like, yeah. When that anxiety comes up in a social setting, like what thoughts are running through your, your head of like, are they like looking at me funny? Are they like, oh, they don't like, like with that look, I could tell that like, they don't like me. Or like, what's going, what's going on in your head? Yeah, I feel like it's like a conflict with myself, like how to act in a sense. Not necessarily because of like what I think other people would want, but I think like I've got such a spectrum of energy in that sense. Like I can really be the quietest person in the room or like the loudest. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like I struggle with that sometimes. Like, socially, like, I'm in, like, a situation where, like, people are expecting I feel like something from me, if that, if that makes sense. Like, they're expecting me to be this wild party, blah, 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 blah. And what if you're not? And that's the thing. And I, sometimes I just, like, prefer to, like, kick back at the club or, like, the bar or whatever and just talk with someone, have, yeah. like, an awesome conversation about life, like, really get to know. But that's, like, yeah. more real stuff. And if you do that, yeah. do you feel anxiety? Like, if I you're like kicking back and, like, chilling and, like, not fulfilling those expectations. I think it's a bit of... What's coming up in you? Like, I don't know. I think it's a bit of both. You know what I mean? It's also, like, you know, a friend of mine said, to me, said this to me. Like, he was at the club and he was obviously, like, on a few things. And he was, like, we just thought, most random time yeah. at the club. But um, I don't know if he's comfortable me saying his name, so I'm not going But he was, like, you know... In his head, I know is like, what am I celebrating right now? And that that when he said that to me, that kind of like, oh whoa, like that actually yeah. like kind of woke me up a little bit. Like, you know, you go out, you send it, you sesh, yeah, yeah, yeah like you want to be out there with your good friends and like you're hanging out with them and making memories and blah blah blah. But like at the same time, like, what are you celebrating? Do, do you know what I mean? And like maybe hey, we're not so maybe is it like that level of futility of going? Like, did I go out too much? For a period of time, then now my body's like, mm. can't be fucked. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I think everyone has like different, like, different motivators that drive them to go out. So I'm going to go out to like, meet like a girl or a girl to meet a guy or like whatever, a guy meeting a guy, whatever it might be. Like maybe they go out for like, validation purposes. Maybe they go out because like, they can like, drink with drink or slam drugs without like feeling guilty about it like mm. maybe it's an escape like i think there's there's different motivators for everyone like yeah unless it's your birthday or like someone on one of your mates birthday like you're probably not celebrating you're probably chasing something um and that's with everything you know? like even if i'm going to dinner like i'm chasing connection you know i'm chasing i'm chasing good that's the word that the key word that you're using is chasing yeah. And that's something like I'm trying to like like redesign in my life, so to speak. Because so, I think for a lot of my time, like subconsciously, like you don't even realise, you're just chasing. Do you know what I mean? You're going out there because you you chase like you don't want to have FOMO or you want to be seen with oh, yeah, people I feel that. <laughs> or social media or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like in reality like all in your head. But again, easy to say. But uh, I it's guess that's that I guess maybe that's like a process that you have to like work on or like whoever yeah. whoever it is needs to work on like find out like what is it that I actually want. Like maybe I do actually want to go out clubbing. Maybe like I need that like release. Mm. Or maybe I really want to just stay in and watch a movie. And like me going out, I'm only going out because I'm scared that my mates are gonna call me like, you mm. know, I, yeah, like yeah. a simple, like, you know, a hermit. And, and, like, if you're doing that, that's not being true. Yeah. And I think that's worth it. You just got to, like, work on... Everyone's got to work on it to be like, what is it that I want? Because, mm. um, like, yeah, listening to your gut is, like, the hardest thing in the world. Because mm. it's, like, you know, fear and intuition comes from the same place. Mm. It's your gut. And, like, that's, like, a lifelong battle. It's, like, is this fear or is this intuition, mm. like... I don't know what it is. Mm. I remember you you mentioning the difference though. I remember you mentioning that there was a difference. I think it was yeah. I think it was intuition or anxiety. 
that you said that there was well, a difference. And fear and anxiety, anxiety, same thing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I guess I went to like, I did a meditation course last year and the girl said it's like, she like, she said it's a massive struggle, but like intuition is often when you can't rationalize it, like you can't explain it. It's just like a feeling. It's like, oh, like, like I can't explain it to you, but I just know that this is right. Like, you know, like telling like, you know, like I need to like call that girl. I don't know why, but I and just you need call to. Her. Yeah. Whereas fear is like, oh, like, oh, if I don't go out tonight, you know, it could be the best night ever. And I'll miss out on my mates. I'll be talking about this for the next six months and I won't be there. Yeah. That's rational. I can think about, okay, like, that's, the reason that's, why I'm scared. that's why I'm scared. Yeah. yeah. And that means it's fear. Yeah. Intuition often can't be explained. That's very interesting. Um, again, I know that and I still struggle with that every day, like understanding which is which. Um, mm. And like, again, it comes up in multiple, multiple areas of life. Like I work, at my work, we get lots of feedback and like understanding that the feedback that I get, like what comes up in me, like is it my fears of like this guy's going to see me as less than? Or is what he's saying, is it true? Is it true to me? Um, and vice versa, is he projecting on me or is or is this actually true to him? It's like, is that his intuition? Mm. And it's, yeah, it's a massive, massive, massive um, debate. Oh. So if you wanted to, um, what's it called? Say, you know, with your, with your experience now in that space, in that industry, yeah. what's, you know, let's say one piece of advice that you could give to like, you know, some younger kids that are going through that anxiety at school or, you know, something similar to what you've just mentioned previously. What do you mean about anxiety? I just to deal with it, just like how you personally, you know, kind of, obviously it's an ongoing thing, but yeah. if you could speak to your 16 year old self or 14 high school self, yeah. you know, what, what would you say? Pooh, it's a big question. Um, I've done like this exercise before, like I've gone back and I can visualization meditation and like t- told him something like my younger self. Um, it's pretty crazy when you do that meditation, you see it in a child. Like you see like the younger. It's pretty crazy. It gets pretty emotional. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it gets pretty emotional. I've done it once. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I'll be can do more. To be honest. I just haven't like had access to much more, but I'll be can do a lot more. Yeah. I cried when I saw him and cried when I left. Yeah, well, I cried. I cried the whole way. Yeah, I gave him the advice because I, I did one where he gave me advice back as well. Oh, wow. Um, I'm, happy to do it. I'm happy to do it with you, Arthur. Yeah, want. no, it's we can do it. Yeah, we can definitely do but it. But I guess the advice, it's really hard to give my younger self advice because I feel like if I gave my younger self advice, it would I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Like, it would mm. derail mm. the process, but... Think of it as a kid your age, at that age. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody else that's, now was going through you. what I was going through. Yeah. Like what's something just to alleviate the pressure a little bit? Like, you know, a brick that, wall you ran into that you kicked Man, in they're just like normal. Yeah. That's normal. And like, you're like not the only one going through shit, man. Like everyone's going through stuff. And if they haven't gone through stuff, like they are going to. Like there's no, no prisoners man. in this world. And like everyone's got a story. And man, maybe like actually, if I was to tell someone to myself, so I should be more open about it. Like mm-hmm. tell your mates, like be real with them, tell them how you actually feel. Mm-hmm. Like I think for the longest time, I'm so I was so scared if I tell them the truth, like it would push them away. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I see this every day when people are real. It's only bringing people closer. Cause mm-hmm. like yeah, maybe people have never experienced what I've experienced, but they felt what I felt. Like yeah, maybe no one's had a panic attack before, but people have felt terror. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe no one's felt depressed before, but everyone's felt not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really interesting that you say that. I think there's like people also get confused with like collective experience and collective like emotion. Actualize it, yeah. Collective emotion—that's mm. a really good word to put it. Because it's it's right. Not everyone's necessarily had a difficult relationship with their parents in the upbringing but people have felt not good enough and not wanted or abandoned well I know I had a great I had a great family upbringing Mm. I've felt misunderstood by my parents I've felt neglected at points not always but I've definitely felt neglected at points Mm. like I can resonate with that Mm. and if I resonate with that this connection exactly 
you know, it brings me closer. And it's like, you should give me a part of yourself. Like, I know you more. Yeah. And like, I think people need to relate. Like, I think some people haven't even just, like, sat and thought about that. You know what I mean? About the fact that, like, I don't necessarily have to go through the same A to B physical map that you went through, but we're both human. There's a collective emotional experience. Like, we would have 100%. felt well, the same Well, we all feel thing. the same things. Yeah. We all feel the same things. Like, the way you feel love is the way I feel love. Like, yeah, we've experienced love. Different. Different experiences. But your depth that you felt, I'm sure I felt that depth too. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna go straight out. What's something that recently you've achieved or recently that you kind of accomplished in a sense, like completed the task that you're really like, you know, like that was the next level for you. Now you're at the next challenge. Like what was the previous one that oh. you felt you overcame? Like for example- like, Man, like this job. That's what I was- Bro, this job, like. Yeah. Man, I hated, I hated my work before this. Like, I remember. What, what were you doing? That's so oh, I was in fuck finance auditing, like just bullshit. Like, man, I went like after high school. I had no idea what I was like, what I wanted to do. Like, yeah. I followed like my dad's footsteps again, like business, whatever. So I went and studied commerce. Hated that, but I was like, you know, I haven't worked in it. Let's see, like, you know, I'll go go out, make bank. Got a sick job after uni, like mm. dope cash, and like. I was like, oh yeah, like I made it, but I hated going to work every day. Like I hated it. And then we were like, like the first job I was at, I was working at ANZ mm. um, in like property lending. So like, like mad money, like five to 50 million. So like a lot of money there. And man, like the culture there was so toxic. Like people talking shit about each other. They cared so much about the money they made. And like, it was just like disgusting to be around and just work themselves to the ground. And then like, they're like, cause I'm pretty friendly. I feel like, tell like you need to settle down like in the office you talk too much and like you're really loud and i'm like what the fuck what the fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right. i'm like i'm not fucking changing that like that's what makes me happy like i'm not doing that yeah and also uh, with all the dullness of the day you know in an office and shit like yeah that five minutes of talking loud and oh man jokes, it's like, like it you can breathe yeah you like come off the air so like i needed that and then like the day before like, everything went down, like my manager took me for coffee and he's like, hey man, like, you're doing really well. We're about to hit your probation. Like, is there anything you want to tell us? Like, any feedback you want to give us? I'm like, no, like, I'm pretty happy. But like, if I'd say anything, it's like, I think I've been raised in a way like I'll treat the mailman the same way I treat CEO. And like, I feel like there's a lot of like hierarchical status here. And like, you have to like speak to this person if you're this high up. And if you're not, then don't speak to them. And just like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm. Next day, I get called into the office and there's like, uh, my two managers and the national uh, manager. And they're like, yeah, like we're not gonna go ahead with you. Like, this is your like, employment terminated right now. And I'm just like, I just like break down, man. Like, I'm just like break down in tears. I'm like, my like, Jewish mom's gonna fucking backhand me. Like, this is not good. Um, and I just felt like so flat. And then, well, yeah, and then after that, I was like, yeah, cop, cop heat for my rents, and, and, what I was, was and naturally, I, man, yeah. I felt like like nothing. Like I felt, so I, I felt like a piece of shit. Um, I felt like not good enough, and I was like, how did I? Like I literally got fired for being me, man. <laughs> like I got fired for being me. Like that stings, bro. Like, but I knew I was never gonna enjoy that place. Mm. I was it easy it. for you leaving, in a sense, in some way? It wasn't easy, like, as in, like... Besides letting down other people, for example, like, parents or something. And letting myself down, that was yeah. the hardest bit, but, like, letting the job go was not hard. Yeah. No, like, I hated the job. Yeah, yeah. Um, the hardest bit was actually getting back up, finding another job, and I got desperate, and I went to this... I went to some project at Deloitte for, like, two years, and that was, like, hell, man. Like, I'm doing, I'm doing work that I can, like literally euthanize someone's fucking brain like it's just like it was so grim like literally pressing the same button like 800 times a day like you just press it the same button like you just go crazy man so then yeah like i had this dream of like working at the man cave and like i was struggling to get into all these avenues but um yeah decided to sacrifice some things Went back. To, I'm going back to uni, studied counselling, um, which like I was so scared of going back to uni. Like I don't want to go backwards, but like, that I think definitely helped me get this job. Um, 
like met all these people, network teams. Like I, I'd had nights where like I'd drive like two hours away to like meet a guy in the mental health space for like free. Um, like that happened a few times. That's awesome. I just hustled, man, and then I got this job, and it's been like it's been tough, but it's been it's great. Surpassed, like surpassed my expectations, man. Like mm-hmm. I've reached that, and I think. And was you, your next question like what I'd like to do next? Well, it was, it was more so, I was kind of like, you know, just wanted to kind of give you credit for your props and, and yeah. you know, like where you're at. And, you know, it's a big deal. Like for me yeah. personally, like I was there before you got the job. Yeah. And I remember how much you wanted it. And like, you know, the, the struggle was, to, you know, keep aspiring to get there. And like, yeah. you know, it's a big deal, bro. Like yeah, major man, props. Like, big deal. I was there to see that, you know, obviously not next to you, but like, I, yeah. you know, when we spoke and stuff, so... Yeah, I'm really happy for you. Yeah, no, it was a mad struggle. It was a fucking mad struggle, but like, man, you made you made the destination like that much sweeter. Like when I got there, and it was just like, yeah, yeah, it's been unbelievable. Like I never thought I'd be able to actually enjoy my work. And mm. like I told you the other night, but like I've had some of the best days of my life mm. at work, man. Yeah. Like at fucking work, like, it's Which just is beautiful. Like, That's like awesome. That's it's like magic. ideal. You know what I mean? I like, I'd love to explain it in words, but it's like it's impossible. I think that's like, the something of that it. has to be like felt and experienced. I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I'm really proud of myself for doing it because I know, like, I think a lot of people in this world just settle and like do something that they're not necessarily, necessarily passionate about. Mm. And I think that's something I was never going to settle for. Mm. And that's with everything. I think that's romantically true. as well, I would never settle and. That's the way I like to live because I think that's what allows for a full life. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, but I've still got plenty more challenges I got to do. Like, well, that's the next question yeah. I was gonna say. Is kind of like what's, like, what can we expect? Like, what's, what's in the next? next window? Yeah, what's? Oh, I mean, you don't have to go all the way down. Like heaps, like, man. Like I'm moving out. I'm moving out by myself. Um, next month, like that's scary as fuck for me. I'm a massive mummy's boy. Like. You know, like 27, like just moving out now, like that's... Big deal. Big deal, but it's also really late. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, you're 27, like what's going on? But like that's also a testament to how good my life is at home. Yeah. And like, yeah, judge, me, judge to... me all you want, but yeah. like, now it's like, nah, now it's time for me to like grow up and I, you know, cook for myself, plan for myself. Um, yeah, that's scary because I'm scared it's going to get real lonely. Um, mm. But, like, I think that's the road I need to take. Like, yeah, if it's sure. scary, I need to, like, do it. go towards the raw. I need to go towards what scares me. No, for sure. Um, so I'm keen for that. I want to finish uni next year. Get that over and done with fucking over uni. Can't stand it, but I need a degree. And, um, man, like, ideally, I like, keep going at the man cave. Like, this place is, is home. This mm. place is really home. Really Hopefully get you on board one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm free nowadays and they yeah. have like, something yeah. that you think more people should know. Um, I think, I think we are conditioned to like, to not feel like these negative emotions of like, sadness and anger or jealousy or like, whatever it might be. Um, I think my piece of advice like if someone's listening out there is to like feel every emotion to the fullest. Um, that's something I really struggled with, like push everything away, like push anger, push sadness, push anxiety, push even maybe happiness sometimes away. Maybe, I, you know, sometimes we push the good feelings away. Sorry, I shouldn't say good, but the positive feelings away. And I think as I've gotten older, I've started to see like the beauty in every emotion. like. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'll like, I'll be hungover and I go for a drive and just have a cry for like an hour and it's like a satisfying sadness. Like, Mm. I guess my piece of advice is to feel like every emotion to the absolute fullest. Like, I think that allows for a pretty amazing life because I think these emotions are there for a reason. Like, you Mm. feel anger, feel anger to the fullest. Like, go in your car and scream, like. Happiness, man, go yell, yell at the top of your lungs on a dance floor, like whatever it might be. Like, mm. go feel love, go fucking hug that person. Like, you're feeling warmth and like connection to your mates, go tell them. Like, feel everything to the fullest. Um, and I think if you can do that, I think 
you can live a pretty remarkable life. I'm, I'm not saying I'm doing that. Like, mm. I'm still trying to do that. No, well, yeah. I want to say that I love you, personally, bro, as well. Um, you know, we've been great friends for a little bit now. And, um, yeah, I really do appreciate the side and, you know, the opportunities and the thoughts that you've kind of opened up to me as well. Yeah. So I think, you know, going away, I think I will feel the emotions to the force. And I think that's something that, you know, we kind of touched on earlier, that a bit of vulnerability with that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, thank you so much for being on my podcast for the first time. This is uh, Wisdom is a High. Um, at Tal Kedar he's not on Instagram but nah, if, if, no, somebody, socials, if yeah. somebody wants to you know if there's any way they can contact you um, just for like mental health advice anything like that want to get involved in this space yeah I'll probably hit you up hit yeah. you up and then just pass them pass my details I guess sick um, hit me up and I will pass details yeah and I just want to thank you as well like yeah like I literally love you, man. Like, you know, you say we're, we're good mates. Like, I see his family. Like, I mean that. Like, I, I said at the start of the party, like, you know, I look at you as a little brother, man. Mm. Like, I said to you the other night when we went to dinner as well. Like, yeah. I don't know many people that are fucking 62, let alone 22, that can look at life the way you do. Mm. And, man, it's really admirable because I think that takes a lot of courage, man. And, like, honestly, like, you inspire me. You really do. And like, even look what you're doing now. Like, I would, I never have the balls to do something like this. Mm. So, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I really like. I know you're younger than me, but I look up to you, bro. Mm. I, really, I really do look up to you, though. Love you, bro. Love you too. Come here, give it a